it, I'm sure I read it on a meme, but basically this person said, I didn't realize that my parents were growing up when I was growing up. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, and it, that's really the case. It's like, we're all just still growing up together. Mm-hmm. I mean, me being, you know, the age that I am now, I still feel like I'm, I'm still learning so much and growing so much. I'm growing with my kids as they're growing up. I'm still growing up too. Yeah. Well, you know, it, something kind of along those lines, it shocked me when I really thought about it, like I was probably five years ago, it really clicked with me when I thought about like one of my teachers, like my middle school teacher was like 22 years old when I was in that class. Yeah. And then, you know, thinking about what I was like when I was 22 years old, there's no way that I would be in front of a, you know, I should be teaching children. Uh You know, it just, it was really weird to me when that clicked that I was like, Holy crap, my teacher was like 22 when I was, you know, 10. Yeah. And teaching me. And then now I'm, you know, 10 years older than that teacher was back when I was in middle school. It was just so weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at it from the perspective of your memory, mm-hmm. you're, you're this kid looking up at this person. Mm-hmm. They seem like they're so much older. Right. And then you get to that age, you're like, wow, that person was actually a, a kid still. Uh-huh. Yep. The Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you all to go check out truenutrition.com for all of your nutrition and supplement needs, including protein powders that you can customize to your preference, whole food vitamins, supplements for energy and endurance, and the list goes on. When you get finished shopping and you go to check out, be sure to use the code CEPN for a 5% discount on your total order. Also wanted to remind you cerebral folks out there to do us a favor and subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you consume your podcast, including YouTube for video content, so that you can keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with the automaticity. Now for this episode, Colt and I bring a cerebral chat that we titled, Family is What's Up. During this episode, we contemplate the phenomenon of why some foods and drinks taste terrible to one person and terrific to another. We talk about eating some animals and plants instead of others. We break down the importance of family in our lives and much more. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours warm again. So without further introduction, here we go. Hi, we're back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me as always is my good friend Colt. Absolutely. Um, how you doing, sir? How's the stevia? Stevia's good. Zevia. Zevia. Made, made with stevia. Yes, sir. So I wasn't necessarily incorrect. The stevia's in there. Well, I, yeah, but I'm drinking more than stevia. Yeah, but I was wondering how the stevia itself was. I don't know. My mouth doesn't really, uh, uh, like... You can't you know, separate? Not really. No. Uh-uh. Well, is this your first one ever? Of Zevia. Zevia, yes, I think so. Yeah. I don't think what, do you, what do you think? It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of tastes like a like a like a watered down Coke. A little bit. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But I haven't drank like a regular soda in forever. Yeah. Like a full sugared soda, whatever you call them. Yeah. A non-zero, because I've only drank zero for. Several, at least a year, two, something. I don't know. Time, yeah. time eludes me. But I, I, this, this tastes pretty good. I like it. I was in the store the other day, and I almost talked myself into buying a Mister Pib. <clears throat> and I was just thinking what the after effects would be like on that because it would just probably wreck me. Yeah. 
because that's probably, I mean, for me at least, one of the most highly carbonated sodas out there. And it, yeah, it would probably have just wrecked me, especially when I don't drink soda that often anyways. Yeah. It would have been bad. Yeah, probably. I just, I don't do the taste anymore. Yeah. Can't do it. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. So I am looking forward to a lot of the taste of Memorial Day festivities tomorrow. What are you doing for tomorrow? Tomorrow is Memorial Day in our it is great country, United yeah. States. We are we have a birthday party to go to, and then we are barbecuing. I think we're doing some fish and some pork steaks. Really, barbecuing fish? I'm well. I don't think we're barbecuing fish. Okay. I think we're just having fish. You're not grilling it. I don't. I'm not doing it. We're not uh-huh. doing it here. I got you. Okay. Okay. So I don't know. We'll find out. I got you. I would eat. I'd eat barbecue fish. I'm fine well, yeah. with that. Just seems weird. Is that a thing? I, it, you know, people normally slap a tilapia on the grill, and they must. I, I think it has to be a thing, right? I don't know. I just normally do like either bake fish or do like a fish fry. That's normally how I eat fish. Yeah, I don't know. I don't eat fish. I don't have a taste for fish, and this no, is no fish at all. No, I mean, I, I I eat it some just because I know it's good for me, but I can't stand it. I'll eat some salmon because it's supposed to be good for your brain. Mm-hmm. And I want to omega threes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do take fish oil every day. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just I don't have a taste for seafood in general. The only thing I can really stomach is crab, and it's 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 okay. It's nothing special, mm-hmm. but it's it's okay. You know, it's one. Of the, I love crab meat rangoons. Mm. Oh those, yeah, but those aren't you know the best for you. <laughs> uh, a lot of that uh, cream cheese in there is just uh-huh. very very phenomenal. F- yeah. Yes, uh-huh. exactly. Uh-huh. Phenomenal was the word I was <laughs> I was looking for. But no, I don't know what it is. What causes someone to to have a taste for something? Like, is there anything, any food that you just cannot stand? Anything that you just, it makes you, like, you'd almost rather go hungry? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, like, outside of, like, just stuff that we're not used to kind of thing. Like if you were to go to another country and eat, you yeah. know, something random. Um, yeah, like cat or something. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's anything out there that I just absolutely can't stand. Okay. Well, well seafood is that for me. Really? Okay. And, and I've really, you know, when I was younger, I was picky for no reason. Just because I, you know, a lot of kids are like that, I guess. Close-minded. But as I got older, I, I started really branching out. Like, I used to not eat my vegetables at all growing up. Mm-hmm. Now I eat any vegetable, almost. Pretty much anything. Nothing grosses me out anymore, vegetable-wise. Okay. I tried seafood. I, I mean, I've really given it a shot. I was uh, I still like to fish. I don't do it very often anymore, but I like to catch fish. I'm not going to eat them, though, because they're gross. So you don't even like catfish either, do you? No, that's one of the things I tried Man. more recently because I'm like, my family loves catfish. And I tried it not too awful long ago, and it's just, it's, I think it's gross. Huh. It's gross. Is it texture or is it taste? The taste of the fish is huh. gross. Yeah. Now, there is some texture involved when you get into things like shrimp, I think are disgusting. <laughs> I Dude, I love shrimp. Ugh. And clams and, and things like that are just, they just disgust me. Yeah. I really like mussels. The texture's really weird. Yeah. It's almost like a rubbery feeling. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't, uh-huh. I, I don't, I don't have a, <laughs> especially since I don't have a taste for it, the consistency is just, that's icing on uh-huh. the cake. Yeah. It, no way. Right. And there's another tuna. Like tuna, I can't get past the smell in the first place. I mean, it, it, there's a something that it's completely like, 
I am. I'm, I'm prone to, to shun it. I don't know. It's a natural thing. I, I, I can't control it. I, I smell it, and I, I'm just grossed out by it. Hmm. It's so strange. Yeah. And, you know, most fish, because I'll eat some salmon. Tilapia is probably one of the better fish for me to eat. It doesn't have that strong fishy taste. You know, catfish is one of the worst because it's super fishy taste. Yeah. And, you know, salmon is kind of like in between for me. Some of the darker parts of the fish are a little fishier. And some of the lighter parts are more palatable for me. But, yeah, I don't know. I do like the Memorial Day pork steaks, though. Mm-hmm. And the hamburgers and the brats. Mm-hmm. And the dogs and the Smokies that we discussed. Yeah. grilled. I grilled all of that last yesterday already, honestly. And I'm going to grill some more tomorrow just because it's Memorial Day. Yeah. Why not? Corn on the cob. I love growing corn on the love cob. Love corn on the cob. Um, and we had some mac and cheese because I'm a big fan of mac and cheese. I love corn on the cob. Don't like what it does with my teeth though. It gets stuck in there. But I tell you what, man, if you like, you know, wipe a little bit of butter on it and put a little bit of salt on there. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm on it. So good. I like it. I know corn really has no nutritional value. It really doesn't do anything for the body. And if you think about it, it really doesn't have that much of a taste. No, you're pretty, you're basically just tasting butter and, butter and salt. salt. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But, but it's good. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a good delivery system for butter and salt because you can't just sit there and eat butter and salt. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could, but it's not. Why do we eat corn? Why? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't have much of a taste. There's no nu- really nutritional value, and our body doesn't really digest it, right? <clears throat> yeah, but it's still. I guess it creates the the feeling of satiation, satiety. What's the right word there? Being full. Yeah. <laughs> Sati- sati- satiates. Okay. Uh, I, that, I know that word, but I can't think of how to use it in that. Anyway, yeah, it makes you feel full, I think. Okay. And for a lot of intents and purposes, they nowadays especially, we use it for in, in processing other foods. It's, it's not good foods usually. Of course, you, mean, you like have, corn syrup and stuff? Well, I mean, that's definitely not good for you, but right. just with a lot of other things. How do they make corn syrup out of corn? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I wonder if corn syrup even has corn in it. I wonder if, yeah, I don't know. Like if you squeeze a corn, you get corn syrup. <laughs> kind of like orange juice. Kind of like almond milk. Yeah. How do you get milk from an almond? Well, I mean, first first you got to find the nipples. Yeah. Where are those? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I've never been able to extract the milk. No, I don't I don't know. I don't know how they, they process such things. But I know that we use corn also a, a lot now for animal feed. Okay. And it's it's actually causing a degradation of like the animal uh, quality uh, the the meats that we get okay because they don't really need to be eating all that corn they need to be eating grass gotcha your cows and, and whatnot uh-huh. um they feed corn and, and grains i guess is that what they feed the cows now and it's uh, yeah because uh wasn't it jeff huckett was telling us about uh like a lot of home brewers and stuff well i guess even maybe bigger uh, companies and stuff too will yeah. sell their spent grain grain to yeah. farmers and stuff to feed their cows. Yeah, which is it's. I mean, they're reusing it. Yeah. So in a recycling sense, it's a good thing, but mm-hmm. in the sense of the quality of your meat, it's not so great. I've I've heard sides on both store or both sides of the story of people who say that grain grain fed cows versus grass fed. Versus grass fed uh-huh. really doesn't make that big of a, di- a big of a difference. But I've also heard people that say 
that we are ruining the cow by feeding it grain because it's supposed to eat grass. That's that's what they do. They they graze. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. Huh. I'm not. I don't know enough about it really to. I would to like. Jump to, in I'm on that. I'm interested in it though. I mean, we've both probably just heard both sides. Yeah. But not really delve dove into it to find out like what's really like. I guess to get a full decision, yeah. like yeah. make our own decision on what right. we think is better. I'm not sure. I mean, I know like course like steroids and stuff like that that are put into like we know that that's not good yes it, but, it, you know it stands to reason though i agree you need more information to make a, a well-informed decision but it does make sense though that you know like you said with the steroids but also when they coop animals up like they do it with chickens really badly keep them in the little cages and chickens mm-hmm. are all deformed and gross they do it with some cows, too. They keep them all in, in close quarters. Pigs do the same thing. They're all eating on each other's crap and whatnot. So th- those things are unhealthy. Animals are meant to, like, graze the, the fields. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense to me that you are altering the, you know, in a sense, I guess, the genetic makeup of the animals by feeding them something that they're not, that they didn't naturally start eating, right. you know. So if a grouse, if a cow is supposed to eat grass, then I think that when you deviate from that, you're altering the cow in some form or another, and therefore it's probably not going to be so good because it's not how nature intended. That's my logic. So I kind of just from intuition that makes a lot of sense to me. But did nature intend for us to eat the cow? Well, I think so. Think so. I have canine teeth used for tearing meat. Hmm. If I wasn't supposed to tear meat, I wouldn't have evolved with those canine teeth that I have. But then is that is that a, a nature thing though? Because you evolved to do it. Evolution is nature, absolutely. Hmm. And maybe cows will evolve to like thrive off of grain. Maybe we'll have super cows, and they won't only they'll come they'll come cooked already. Like they had, you push a button on the cow's ass, and it. it <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> evolution can do some crazy things, but who knows? I don't know. But for now, it makes sense that maybe through that process that grain-fed cows aren't really the most healthy thing. Okay. I don't know this, though. I like, I, I love my pork steaks. I love my pork steaks. And I know that pig really isn't the, the healthiest animal to eat either because they're so I, dirty and I, gross. I feel like there's more of a push in the recent years of a lot of people getting away from eating pig. Yeah. Pigs are supposed to be really smart. Yeah. I don't know if that should come into play for people or not um, when people eat pig all the time. Yeah. But I have heard that argument a lot that like pigs are really smart, like smarter than dogs and stuff, but we keep dogs as pets and we eat pigs, you know, kind of that kind of thing. Uh-huh. I don't know. I just feel like over the past couple of years, it's been more of a push to, for people getting away from eating bacon and stuff. I mean, not only it's probably not healthy anyways. Yeah. But still. Yeah, I, I get it. I don't know because I've seen that. Have you seen that billboard where it says, where do you draw the line? And it shows like a dog and a cat and other domesticated animals. And then it's got like a pig and a cow, all the things that we eat. Yeah. It's like, how do you choose? I don't know. I mean, I know a pig and a cow and chicken is pretty tasty. Yeah. You know, I don't know how tasty a dog is or a cat mm-hmm. or whatever. Just because we domesticated them, though, I mean that's that's why we don't eat them because we, we brought them in. Right. We we for the most part, at least, we haven't brought in pigs and cows into our homes, mm-hmm. and 
domesticated them to where they become part of the family. They integrate in such a way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and there's some of those gray area animals too, like a goat. And some people do eat goat. Mm-hmm. Not so much in this country. In Afghanistan, I hear goat soup's a really big thing. I really? Don't, I don't, that's what I hear. But it's it seems weird to want to eat a goat. It's like, have you ever eaten lamb? You ever eaten lamb? Like lamb chops? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Are they any good? Okay. I've had Not lamb. Not my favorite, but. I had lamb once when I was a kid. I think it was only once. Maybe twice tops. Don't remember how good it was or how much I didn't like it. I don't remember either way. Well, I mean, it's weird to think that like back, I say back in the day, but back in the day, like when they we started eating chickens and stuff like that, why is, why you know, why were some animals what we chose to eat and not others? Yeah. And you that's, know? That's kind of what I'm getting to. I, the process to choose, I, I don't know how, how that started in the first place, but I know some animals I think are... They're just, the way they're built, they're probably naturally better to eat. Gotcha. You know, cows yeah. have a lot of meat on them. Yeah, true. They're big and they're fat. Buffalo, bison, same way. Cows, cousins. True. You know, they grew up in, you know, pretty close in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, those are good for eating. And, and bison, buffalo is even better for you because it's leaner meat. Yeah. It's good stuff. Tastes good. You um, know that that meme that comes across every once in a while that says, like, the guy who found out that Milk. Yeah, milk came from cows. It was a freak. Yeah. I always think, it always kind of makes me chuckle, but then it kind of makes me like really grossed out. So it's like, how did somebody find that uh-huh. and figure out that you, it's something you, we drink? I've thought about that a lot, actually. Not just with milk, but with everything, like the plants. It, it had to have been a, a long, long, long process of trial and error. Yeah. And how many people ended up like sick and dead because they tried something that ended up not being good. Right. But they also, I think that there, there was a process of being able to determine a, a type, like a a type of like certain poisonous leaves kind of have the same similar traits. And so if this leaf has the same uh, trait as another leaf that we know is, is poisonous, then we don't want to eat that one. And so just humankind learned how so to in detect other words, certain what you're things. saying is we don't need to be smoking poison ivy. This, it's not good. It's not good for your lungs. <laughs> I mean, you, this is a free country. You do what you want. And last I heard, it was not illegal to smoke poison ivy, but hmm. I would not try it. Just because it's not legal does not make it a good idea. Just because it is legal, you know, the opposite to it. Whatever that was. I got lost. At any rate, looking forward to Memorial Day, spending time with the fam. Mm-hmm. You know, and so... Just for this this episode, we thought about talking about family for a while, what it means to for us individually to have families. Your family's getting ready to grow. You're yes. going to plus one here in just a couple of months, really. Mm-hmm. Three months. Your wife just passed into her third trimester. She did. How you feeling about it? A little more nerve-wracking. Yeah. It's getting real. To think that we're under 13 weeks until he's here. That is, if he goes, you know, full term. Full term. Mm-hmm. Not sure if that's going to... I don't know how it's going to happen yet because so our doctor that we use um, is part of a group of four other women doctors and they don't necessarily like just because we have this doctor through the whole thing doesn't mean that we're going she is going to be the one that delivers. So they're actually on a rotation every week and what depending on what day you go into labor that's the day that's the person you get to deliver right which we're, we're fine with. Uh, 
it's it's a little it's not unnerving but it's kind of unnerving because it's like you know you got to know this one person for the last nine months then and then if the last second you don't they're not the one that delivers you know yeah more for my wife's sake it would be like you know just kind of not i don't know just a little unnerving i guess Uh um i get that but so but our doctor is in st louis so i'm hoping that uh since we're that far away that she can like set us up to maybe induce early or or induce at a time where she can be there that way we don't have to worry about the whole process of possibly going into labor while we're here then driving all the way up there and her not being on call or you know not being there and having to have somebody else do it so i'm hoping that things go well things have gone well up to this point we haven't had any issues up to this point yeah so that's a plus um so yeah like i said it's a little it's a Getting a little more nervous, a little yeah. bit. Um, but we will see how things play out in the next 12 weeks. The process of being pregnant, you know, as in the wife being pregnant, and leading up to having the baby, a completely anxiety-provoking time for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not, I mean, obviously I'm not just pins and needles the whole time, but I'm just so concerned because the fear of the unknown, all that. After the fact, you have this little baby, this brand new thing that feels like it's so fragile that mm-hmm. you don't want to, you know, you don't want to look at it the wrong way. You don't want to break it. Mm-hmm. And also anxiety provoking, nerve wracking. And looking back, though, it's all very sweet times. Mm-hmm. It's all like this this development of, of you know, life and how life is going to transpire and how this child is going to grow up and how... There's a, a saying, it, I'm sure I read it on a meme, but basically this person said, I didn't realize that my parents were growing up when I was growing up. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, and it, that's really the case. It's like we're all just still growing up together. Mm-hmm. I mean, me being, you know, the age that I am now, I still feel like I'm, I'm still learning so much and growing so much. I'm growing with my kids as they're growing up. I'm still growing up too. Yeah. Well, you know, it, something kind of along those lines, it shocked me. When I really thought about it, like it was probably five years ago, it really clicked with me when I thought about like one of my teachers, like my middle school teacher was like 22 years old when I was in that class. Yeah. And then, you know, thinking about what I was like when I was 22 years old, there's no way that I would be in front of a, you know, I should be teaching children. Uh-huh. You know, it just, it was really weird to me when that clicked that I was like, holy crap, my teacher was like 22 when I was, you know, 10 Yeah. and teaching me. And then now I'm, you know, 10 years older than that teacher was back when I was in middle school. It was just so weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at it from the perspective of your memory, mm-hmm. you're, you're this kid looking up at this person. Mm-hmm. They seem like they're so much older. Right. And then you get to that age, you're like, wow, that person was actually a, a kid still. Uh-huh. Yep. And I, I'm at the age now to where I reflect back when how old my dad was when he was this age, mm-hmm. where we were at when he was this age, you know, and, and just what was going on in life. And I look back and I just remember he was always this, you know, I put him up on a pedestal, always have, but he mm-hmm. was just this behemoth of a person, um, not size wise, but just in his stature, his um, not his physical stature, but his personality right. and his work and everything mm-hmm. was just huge to me. Now, you know, I'm that age now. And I remember looking at him when he mm-hmm. was this age and thinking that he was an old dude. 
<laughs> and now I'm the old dude, but yeah. I'm not though at the same time. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't feel like I am all the way grown up. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I think we reflect, I, at least personally, I reflect mostly on that within my family. You know, I, cause I can, I can remember certain ages where I was at and remember my mom in the same way comparing where I was at that point in time, remembering when she was that old and it's like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, because our parents are, they just seem like they're old to us. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to do that with my kids too. Like I look at my daughter who's 12 and I remember when I was 12 and where I was at in life and what I was doing, what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. That helps me in a lot of ways because I try to connect some dots there and, and try to keep up and, and track with what might be going on so that I can you know, give the direction and guidance as needed. But mm-hmm. it, it's just it's kind of weird how we bounce off each other like that. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too, because my mom. So my mom was 33 whenever I was born. So I just turned 33 couple weeks ago or uh, well last week i guess um so I'm, i'll be the same age you know so to look at like where my parents are now and the age i you know compared to the age i am and the, thinking it's gonna be the same thing yeah and then also my cousin uh was born five months before me no six months before me um and then they're having a child two months before we are and they've got one that's like a year old right now. Wow. So it's just interesting that like we're having kids so close together and that, you know, this, the whole age thing is uh-huh. is interesting too, just to think about how things have gone up till now. What is the most important concept or, or part component of family to you? Can you narrow it down? What, what is it that about family? And we'll start with a nuclear family, the the father mother and child or whatever the the situation is for us it was father mother child okay father mother children what's the most important part of that that family to you like like what do you what did you get out of your family that you want to make sure that you pass on to your child when he gets here with you and your wife can you narrow it down to anything i don't know if i can um give me your example first do you well, have one? It's it's really off the top of my head because the question just kind of occurred to me. But I, I have to think one of the things that sticks out, it, it might not even be the most important, but it's the thing that, that comes to me first is sticking together. It's okay, like, so I, bond, I, bond was what was clicking in my head. Okay. So, I would, you know, it's it kind of go back to that, the term uh, like blood is thicker than water, that kind of thing. It's yeah. that, that, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. For me, I know that even if I did something that was wrong, that was, you know, way off base and really I don't have much excuse. I know that my family still has my back mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah. We've always made that clear with each other, you know, beginning with my dad while he was still with us. And, um, it, it's, it's just the way it is. Like you just stick up for your family, no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Those are the people that you know, for sure that you can trust. And I understand it's not like that maybe with every family. And it's, def- it's definitely not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to dive into anything, but yeah. I mean, you you know the situation with our families, like my wife's family and my family. are. There's a big difference between our bond between yeah. her family and ours. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. So every family is not created that way. But I'm sure yeah. there, are, there are probably other strengths that other people could point out. Mm-hmm. That sticks out to them more than you know, than the sticking together part mm-hmm. that I have. 
different families have different strengths, I, I think. But that's definitely the, the big one for me. And I, I always want to make sure that my kids know that as well, that no matter what, it's like I'm going to come hell or high water. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're in trouble or if you did something stupid, you know, we'll talk about that later. But in the meantime, if there's anything, you know, that I've got to, I've got to face and, and, and protect you from, then that's going to be my first priority. Mm-hmm. Always making sure they know that is a thing. I think that's that's one of the biggest things about family that I want to make sure that I I, I can pass along. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bond is definitely something big, too. It's like family, once again, not everybody bonds the same way. But I think if you can, if you have the opportunity, having that bond is, is really important. And I have that, you know, especially now that I'm older with, I had it with my dad before he passed and I have it with my mom, a bond that as I got older, I was, I started to get things and it's like, oh yeah, now I get it. I get why you did this and that, and right. why you have this perspective. And, and we had that, that connection more of a, an adult connection. It's still parent child, but it's an adult parent, adult child mm-hmm. connection that you don't have until you kind of hit that level of maturity. Always had that connection with with my sisters, you know. With my older sister growing up, we had a connection. We we were more we fought a lot because we were only three years apart. Mm-hmm. My younger sister, we we didn't fight so much because she was seven and a half years younger than me. She's my little buddy, mm-hmm. uh, and we had that connection, but not not as much as even what we do now. It's like now we're we're very tight, mm-hmm. and so that bond is super important to have. Just knowing that you have somebody in life that you can do that with. And I don't take it for granted because once again, I don't think everybody, I know everybody doesn't have that opportunity. Right. Um, and and I, I think about that too, because, you know, my wife is 35. Um, so she's not really considered high risk or anything, but um, if she, she could be, if we were to decide we wanted to have another kid, mm-hmm. but we're also in that Goldilocks zone right now where it's like, if we have this kid and we decide we want another one, we can't, really wait that long before we try to do it again right um we haven't really made that decision yet on what we want to do but it's it's an easy decision to make if you think about you want two kids if you just want two kids then then you need you need to get it on get on get on it you know um but it's also not the easiest decision to make because we haven't been parents yet and we wouldn't be wouldn't be parents very long before we would have to make a decision we need to be parents again yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So uh yeah, I it's just it's an interesting concept. Yeah. to think about. So we're probably going to have a decision to make pretty pretty soon. Yeah. You're not you're going to have to make it pretty much not based on the experience of being a parent. I know. Yeah. You're just going to have to make it on other factors. Which it, I mean, if you if you look across the board, most people at least in our crowd of people, most people will say you know, even if they have three kids, there's a lot of them will say, I, I could have five if I could, or, you know, something along those lines. Like, yeah, I don't think I know of anyone that would ever tell me you're going to regret having a second one. You know, it, it, I think especially, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. I it just, it. just, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. every, every, everybody would tell me that you're, you'd never regret having a second one, Uh huh. you know? So I don't know. It's it just, you know, when, when you're first pregnant, and you don't know if, like, there's a possibility there's more than one in there. One of those things before you've actually went and had the ultrasound done and stuff. Yeah. You know, that's nerve wracking. Well, it's kind of like we're kind of in the same concept there where not necessarily twins, but you're looking at, 
you know, a year to a year and a half difference at the most between two kids if you're, you know, looking to have another one soon. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know. That, 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 that almost to me makes me more nervous than having the first one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I would think the worst part from, you know, it's just me thinking here, me talking out loud, thinking out loud. But I would think the worst part would be Becky having to go through it right away again. The mm-hmm. pregnancy. And she doesn't seem like she's having too rough of a time with this pregnancy. Yeah, I'll tell you what, she's been gangster through this whole thing. Like yeah. she hasn't I mean, she doesn't complain or about anything. She hasn't had I mean part of it is the fact that she just hasn't really had any issues. It's just a right. matter of being uncomfortable. That's yeah. like the that's like the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, you know, but like I said, she's being a gangster through the whole thing. She has for not ever being pregnant before. Um and this being a completely new experience that she's never been through before. I mean, yeah. she's doing really, really well with it. She seems like it. And so that would be my biggest concern is is just the wear and tear on, on her. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, man, as far as I'm concerned, I'm you just, know how I, I feel about kids, though. I say go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to point out, I don't know that you should ever say wear and tear on them again. <laughs> I feel like she wouldn't like that, and I feel like most women wouldn't like I that. I don't know. I'm not trying to make it sound like a car, but it's, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's they just... They got a few the, miles on them. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, you, being pregnant does things to the body. You know, it's hard on yeah. them, you know, so there is some wear and tear. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> there's, there's some things that happen. There's some, there's some wear that happens on the body that... Uh, I don't have to go through because, you know, I don't have that predisposition of having a uterus. Yeah, true. And I do, um, I feel for women because I, I can see how it changes their body. But the end result, in, in from my perspective, once again, is totally worth it because I love I love the kids. Mm-hmm. I really do. Even though my kids sometimes are a chore. They're, they're a pain in the butt, if I'm being honest, sometimes. They're always totally worth it. Always. Mm-hmm. E- even during the hard times, they're still totally worth it. And a lot of it's about problem solving you know trying to trying to decide what's the best intervention the best thing to do to redirect them to a healthier more productive set of behaviors and lifestyle Mm -hmm. you know right now just both of my kids are grounded both of them at the same time for separate reasons completely separate reasons and i'm having to figure out how to give them the best direction and guidance during this time because oftentimes, you know, we're all kind of, we stay busy. We're, we're going 90 to nothing in a lot of ways. And uh, this is a time, this is an opportunity for us to slow things down a little bit, figure out the best way to go from, from here, you know. And it's a little more rough on you too because we're out of school now too, yeah, right? right. So you've got to figure out. Yeah, I, I feel like the grounding process is harder during the summer than it is throughout the school. Yeah. Like the school year, because in the school year, they're in school during the day. Right. Then they just had to be basically grounded in the evening. Yeah. You know, now you have to keep them grounded. And I'm not saying your kids would do would try to purposely do anything against the grounding, but if they wanted to, it would be easier for them to do that during the summer when you're at work or something like that than during you know, during the school year. Yeah, it's safe to say they're going to consider doing something <laughs> against the grounding. That's because they're my children. But yeah, it, you're, it's also just them being grounded. My, my girl, she's 12. She's a she's always wanting to be do, doing something. She's a socialite, right? So mm-hmm. she loves hanging out with friends, going places, having friends over. She's always doing something. So when she's grounded, she doesn't have anything to do. And so that falls back on me. 
you know, and it becomes a little more of a, well, it's a duty that I have to pick up on more now because I love spending time with my kids, but I also like doing a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And with her being grounded, she needs a lot of my attention right now because she can't go out with her friends and she still has that drive. She always wants to be doing something. Mm -hmm. Well, she can't do much right now because she's grounded. But it falls on me not just to, you know, placate her while she's grounded because I'm her father and I, I need to, I have to give oversight I see it still as an opportunity for me as, as a time to instill something, you know, some, some positive influence to, to continue to instill and to reflect on why she's grounded in the first place and, and to try not to repeat that behavior again, you know, but also to pick up on some, you know, or, or pick up where we left off on some hobbies that, you know, like I mentioned to you earlier, I ended up, I, I redesigned our playroom, got rid of most of the toys that they never play with. You know, they're, they're 12 and 9 now anyway. Mm-hmm. Kayla's kind of growing out of the, she's definitely growing out of the baby doll stage. <clears throat> she's starting to get more and more um, out of the Barbie stage as well. And so, and, and Jeremiah, he doesn't really care so much about a lot of toys. Mm-hmm. He's, he's into devices. So, was able to take out all those toys, put them in the shed for now. I'm going to donate them or, or yard sale them or something down the road. And I've redesigned the playroom as more of an arts and crafts room. Okay, so I went and got a bunch of canvases, some acrylic paints, a whole thing of just different kinds of paint brushes, things like that. Mm-hmm. All the all the stuff you can use artwork with, and, and we're going to start redirecting our focus into art to see how how much we can. Because Kayla already loves to to paint, so does so does Jeremiah. Sounds to me like we're going to have a corks and canvases night. Can't wait. <sighs> corks and canvases. Have you heard of those? Uh, those painting classes where they women drink wine. go and drink wine and they have like a guy or like a guide during it that tells them what to do and how to paint and stuff like that. Yeah, I've, I've seen uh-huh. those. I I've, feel bad that I knew what they were called. Yeah, I feel bad for you because <laughs> it's like, oh gosh, here we go. Next, you're going to start talking about the last Lifetime movie you watched. How, how sad it was. It had, it definitely had, what's his name? What's his name? Who is Superman? Uh, what's his name? Christopher Reeves was Superman. No, 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 the other one. Uh, oh, come on. He's in like every Lifetime movie. I don't know. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, yes, I, you I really do. don't. What? This is going to drive me insane. Okay, look it up. But Why can't I? I, I just posted a pic or something talking, about him the other day. You're talking about the guy from like um, Smallville? Is that him? No. that no. that That's about Superman. Yeah. No, I'm talking about where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Dean Kane. Dean Kane. Yes. He also did Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah. The yeah, show. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, now. yeah. He's in like every Lifetime movie. Where was he Superman though? In the TV show. Wasn't that Smallville? No. No. That, that's a show about Superman. <laughs> <laughs> We're not getting anywhere here. Or wait, maybe it was Lois and Clark. Okay. Yeah, he was in the show Lois and Clark. Okay. Also about which is also Clark Kent, Superman. who is doesn't that doesn't that ring a bell? I know who he is. I know, but that picture no. of him as Superman, uh-uh. no man, no, huh? No. Um, at any rate, though, what we're gonna do with our our playroom, though, I am gonna I'm gonna give it a new paint. Is it still has that crappy yellow that came with the house? But we're going to take those canvases and it's going to be a gallery of our art. Okay. You know, so making a project out of it. And nice. They're involved. And anyway, 
big part of having kids especially, but having a family in general, I think, is about problem solving. Okay. Problem solving and, and given the, the positive redirection when needed to try and steer the, the young youngsters in the right direction. Which, I mean, a lot of people don't do that. I mean, a lot of people think grounding is uh, you go stay in your room for days, and then whenever your grounding's over, then we come out. Yeah. That's, that's basically it. Uh-huh. And, I mean, I was... I got whipped a little bit when I was a kid, but not much. Um, it, it had to be something really big for yeah. that to happen. Um, I know that's against a lot of people's policies these days. Yeah. I don't know if I am or not. Uh, I think sometimes it is needed to get a point across, especially when the kid's younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but But then there's also the fact, like, I think when they get a little older, it's like, they knew they were doing something wrong. So just because you, you know, you beat their ass doesn't necessarily change anything. I mean, it tells them, yeah, I don't want to get my ass beat again. Right. But they knew there were risks involved whenever they did the stupid thing in the first place. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. And I think it depends on the kid too. I think it does. Um, I'm not saying beat your kid all the time. I'm not saying you're not, don't beat your kid. You do you. I'm not going to, you know, if I see, Somebody in a store whip their kid's butt. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything about it. Some people will. Yeah. Some people are against it completely. I know it. Think it's child abuse. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? What, where do you fall on that? It's a crazy topic because I, um, I, I think that spanking children as we as we knew it, I wasn't. I I caught two spankings. I was just talking about this yesterday. I caught two spankings my entire life. Okay. And because I I learned my lesson, that lesson was to be a lot sneakier <laughs> and not get caught. <laughs> Don't do things overtly. Don't be you know directly rebellious to your parents. Sneak around and do it, and then have some really good excuses when you do get caught. Right. And, and learn to use sense of humor. Dude, I used every tool that I had that I could muster um, in order to stay away from getting a whipping because I, my dad would whip you if if you needed to. We were, you know, he was old school, and it seems like every generation. You know, the, the whippings got a little bit lighter, a little bit lighter. Like I've heard stories from uh, not not my family, but my friend's family who they're uh, the, the grandpa, the patriarch at that time, who's now passed on, used to whip the, the, the boys with a razor strap, whatever that is. It doesn't sound pleasant at all. It doesn't. You know, but they, they knew they didn't want to get whipped with that thing. And so they, they straightened up. But the process of getting whipped with something like that just seems a little a little much, you know. Yeah. And then the process of getting whipped with a belt, which was more common when I was growing up. Um, sometimes the buckle got involved, not in my family, but sometimes the buckle get involved. Mm-hmm. And that, man, that caused some damage, you know, to, I, I couldn't imagine hitting my kids with a belt buckle. You yeah. know, that just seems like it's too far to me. And I think there's a time where, you know, for me personally, a slap on the hand, if they're about to do something to catch their attention, I think that's that's fine. I think that even maybe a swat on the leg, just get their attention, let them know, hey, you're going to get in trouble for this. Don't do that. Um, I, I think that's appropriate. For me personally, I, I don't see, I've never been a fan of just spanking be, yeah. for the sake of spanking. For one thing, most of the time spanking, in my experience and from my perspective, it, it's, it's done out of anger almost. The, so the parent it, so, is, yeah, so it's more of the parent getting their frustration out yeah. than it is the yeah. the kid, like, trying to teach the kid a lesson. Right. And I think that, I yeah. think there's something just inherently counterproductive about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think it's good for kids to get hit anyway. Don't get me wrong, 
But I'm like you. If I see a, a, a parent swat their kid on the leg, I don't think twice about it. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I know that the kid catches, you know, a whipping, you know, sometimes I, I really don't put too much thought into it. To be honest with you, I don't see it as as overtly. But I think I think the the line there, it's it's pretty. Um, I don't know. It's a pretty jaded line. It's pretty hard to really to put a finger on where the line is when you cross into child abuse. You know, right? Yeah, Assault. I always I always thought the weirdest one to me was like paddling in school, like yeah. that a principal had the right to do that. Uh-huh. You know, some parents are for that because, and I don't know if they're. I'm sure minds have changed over the years, uh, but like back when I was in school, you know. I, it was, I mean, some parents, like a lot of parents were for that because it's like, okay, well, we have somebody else who can enforce authority over our kid when we can't be there with the kid right. kind of thing, right? Not that you want, not that you think that is needed or should happen. Like you want your kid to be a perfect angel when they're at school, of course. But, you know, if I can't be there, somebody else needs to be there to, to make, let them know they're doing something wrong or something like that. I right. get that. But it still always was weird to me because it's like, if anybody's going to whip me, it's going to be my dad or my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, it's just weird to me that anybody else would, would do that, yeah. you know? And it triggered that something kind of like that with me. Um, the show Mad Men, there's a scene, and we're talking about the sixties anyways, so things were a lot different then, but there's a scene where like, the kids are running through the house, but they're having like a big party at the house where, you know, barbecuing in the backyard and everything. Well, kids are running through the house and everything. One of the kids like knocks over a vase or something like that. And one of the other dads grabs the kid and smacks the, smacks the kid. And then the other dad's there and just sees him do it and was like, yeah, heck yeah. You know, that's, that's how things go. Mm-hmm. I would never, ever do that. Even if I could be at my best friend's house and their kids could do something really bad and I'm still going to just let the parent know, hey, this is what he just did and let them yeah. discipline how they want to do it. It is not on me to even look at the kid wrong. You know what I'm saying? And, but the funny thing is, is there they would be like, no, dude, smack his ass. If he did something wrong, and he knows it, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just it's I, I've never I've, I've always felt weird about somebody else that's not a parent enforcing anything like that. So I'm kind of in between. I I would never, I would never grant that anyone else put their hand on my child, whip the child mm-hmm. specifically. But if my kid's doing something and you catch them, you know, it, I'm okay with anybody letting them know. Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, because if they might just think not that, not that my kids necessarily would do this, but just kids in general, they might just think that well, because dad's not watching, I can get by with murder, and I don't want them to think that way. Mm-hmm. Because once again, it's not just about what's like ethically right; it's about what's productive for them. Mm-hmm. And if they have that mindset, then I, that's not going to do them any justice in the future. That's the that's the way that I think about it. Yeah. So if you catch my kids doing something that they shouldn't be doing, trying to start a fire in the house or you know whatever, running with scissors, I don't know whatever it, it might be. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind if you redirect them at all because if they are running with scissors and you don't stop them, they trip and fall and stab themselves. I'd be like, hey, Colt, where were you, where were you on that one, buddy? <laughs> you could have helped me avoid this. Uh, you know, I just just for example, though, you know, I, aside from there actually being any kind of imminent harm, I, I do think it's it's appropriate to do that um, when when appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, because it takes a village to raise a kid. I think that's the, actually the old saying. Yeah, 
is where that it comes from. So and it really does. And so when you have now, if it's somebody like if it's some stranger's kid, I'm not, you know, or some stranger with my kid. Let me put it back on me because not everybody's going to agree with the way that I, I see this. But some stranger that tells my kid they shouldn't be doing something, I'm a little more cautious about that. Like I, I'm going to look at it, and if it's appropriate, if it's an older person, especially, and if as long as they're doing it with a certain amount of tact. Mm-hmm. I'm still not going to care because yeah. because what's right is right. Now, if it's somebody who's being a douche, then I'm going to go and I'm going to at least verbally attack that douche. Yeah, you know, if if I need to, right? Because I'm not going to let somebody, you know, do that to my kid. Right, I'm man. I remember back when I was. It was like second grade. We had a kid who always was doing something, always getting in trouble. But the bad thing was his grandpa worked as a custodian at the school. And all the teacher would have to do is go to his grandpa and tell him what he's doing. And uh, all of a sudden, the teacher would just let the kid out the door. And then you'd see him about five minutes later come back in with tears in his eyes because his grandpa took him in the closet and beat the crap out of him and came back into class. Yeah. And he never got, like, he never, uh, like, he always was still causing trouble. Like, he never was scared of it. Huh. I guess he just thought, I, I'm going to do what I want. It's yeah. just going to hurt my butt a little bit. <laughs> it's better. And I face this with my kids. It's better to ask for forgiveness later than it is to ask for permission now. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it's better to suffer the consequences than, than to not do this thing that I want to do. Right. And I don't know if that's driven mostly by impulse or, or if there's actually a, some decision making process that's going on there where the the child really thinks you know i'm i'm okay with the consequence because i'm gonna do this thing mm-hmm. i don't know but i i hate yeah I, I am glad that schools don't paddle anymore because i wouldn't allow it with my kids mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want anybody else paddling my child right if, if there's something that needs to be dealt with please let me know and because i expect the school too well the interesting thing with that too is that you don't know and you may never get the full story of what actually happened. Right. So you don't, even if you are okay with your kid being paddled for something they did wrong, it may, the situation may not be near as wrong as the, they say it is because they wanted to paddle your kid for something. There may be an injustice. There may may be misinformation and the kid really wasn't guilty, but it was found guilty. And more, more times than not, there's more than one kid involved in the scenario. And then it's a, he said, she said battle. Right. You know, and yeah, it's it, there's a very hairy line there. And plus, there's politics involved mm-hmm. you know, in every school. There's always the, you know, the favorites, I guess you could say, the people who's the kids who have parents as teachers or the parent who is a, a sheriff or the parent who's, you know, somebody big in town. Mm-hmm. And so the the they're the ones who play sports, you know, the ones who are good at sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the politics also, I'm not going to allow you to, you know, to. I'm not going to allow those things to be in play and you have the power to whip my kid. Right. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it never would happen. But when I was a kid, paddling was still a thing. I never caught a paddling. Yeah, I didn't either. There was actually a kid in, um, well, by the time I got to the certain school, they, there was a kid that was injured in a paddling. And really? so they, in that school system itself, there was no paddling anymore. Wow. Like they, yeah, because of the, of the lawsuit, they had to stop. Wow. So that was, yeah, that was something. Yeah. And cause I've heard horror stories about people getting, kids getting paddled, yeah. especially from you, back in the day. You mentioned the politics. I was just telling my wife about this the other day, and this isn't a knock at anybody, um, any friends or anything like that, but 
you know, just like any other school, my kid's going to go to the school that I went to, that I grew up. I went kindergarten through senior year, all at the same school. My kid's going to go to the same school as I did. And that was something I wanted. That's something my wife wanted. It's a good school. Um, and there are very good teachers, very good staff. And it's one of those, it's, it's a pretty bit, it's a decently decent sized school, but it's small enough that like, it's got its own culture and the people who have been put in positions like after retiring, uh, like say the principal retires, somebody else that went to, to that school gets put in that position. Most of the time there's teachers that I actually went to school with. Um, I, I said that wrong. People that I went to school with are teachers are, are at teachers. the school uh-huh. and stuff like that, you know? Right. Um, so it's people that I trust the people that I've known forever that I went to school with back in the day and stuff like that. So, uh, I, I like those kind of things, but when, when politics comes into play, a lot of that, just like any other school, has to do with a last name, right? Mm-hmm. You have this last name, you know you're going to be a starter. You know, you know, you know you're going to be this, that, or the other. You're going to be a name in the school. Yeah. A lot of that's gone away, um, and a lot of the people that I went to school with that had a name, they're they already have kids that are in the school system that are going to be well above where my kids at by the time that my kids get to that school. Like they're they're going probably going to be in high school by the time that my kids start school. And I like that. Yeah. Because those names are gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't you think there'll be other names though? There may be, by then? there may be, but I'm happier with having other, seeing other names than the, than the names that have always that had to deal the with names that I had to deal with yeah. and the names that have always walked through the halls. You know what I'm I saying? See that. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, that's not a knock at anybody. It's just the names there. And you just like any other school, you have the name, you have, You've yeah. already got the upper hand yeah. in anything that you do. Right. You know, so I think that'll be, there may be other names, but it's different names mm-hmm. that I have to deal with now. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. It, that kind of stuff, that kind of politics, of course, the, our kids are going to where their mom went to school because I moved around. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really didn't, I, I, I wouldn't advise any of the schools <laughs> that I went to for, for my kids anyway. Um, she went through K through 12 with in the school that where they're at now so she knows like you said a lot of the pe- the people the people who she went to school with are now teachers and you know so on and so forth principals counselors things like that and she also knows a lot of the the people the families there and so there's just this it's more of a cohesion it's kind of like a big neighborhood come mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. as opposed to going to some some school where you didn't grow up where you didn't have you know um, that cohesion at all and it's just a bunch of basically you're you're putting your kid into a, a different culture that you don't know so much about mm-hmm. i think that's important i like that but there is still the, the of course the names mm-hmm. the name recognition is still huge makes me want to like probably join the school board or, or run for i guess you got to get elected for school board do something like that though, just just to inject my name in there. Now, I, I, of course, I I do meet her, well, there, my boy and my girl. I meet their teachers, make sure that they know who I am, my name, my number. Call me anytime. I try to make my presence known as much as possible, just to have that facial recognition, just so they know that I'm there. Um, I try to make my presence known as much as possible, but I kind of like want to. Maybe run for school board or something. That's really? totally, it's totally not me. It's like, I guess it, it could be. I, I just want to make sure that I am involved in, in something, some way, shape, or form the process of school just so they have at least a little bit of something, uh, of, of, you know, the, the Wade name in there that, that 
might help them out in some way or another. I don't know. Yeah. It makes me want to do something to actively involve myself in the process that because this is their education. It's pretty stinking important. Yeah. I get it. I, I don't know that that's the route that I would. Maybe I'll change my mind, you know, later on down the road, but yeah. not necessarily something because then it kind of makes you a name, right? Like you don't, you don't, you don't want the politics of other people's names, but you want to be in, you kind of want to be a name, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I, if I want to be a name. I don't know. It's, I mean, honestly, it's for the sake of the kid. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's not for me. I don't care if the mm-hmm. school system knows who I am so much, but right. for my kid's sake, I, I want to be, I want to make sure I have some kind of influence one way or the other. And I'm not saying this is going to happen for sure, but it's something I'm definitely pondering. Yeah. Especially by the time they start getting into like high school, which I got to get on the ball because mm-hmm. she's getting, you know, she's going into middle school this year. Yeah. Um, but it's something that, I, that I'm contemplating just because I, I don't – the reason why I don't like the whole name thing, which it's not my game. I, I don't – the game already existed of mm-hmm. having ring, uh, name recognition in a school. Yeah. It's not something that I, I'm trying to, to influence. It's already there. So you can either just let that go unabated or you can – jump in there and put your hat in the ring and, and see if you can't be part of that influence too for, right. the, for the sake of your kids. Yeah. I've also heard, I, I, I am friends with people who have the in on what the politics are like in like school board and stuff like that. And it does not seem like a fun, no, I'm a sure fun it's not. situation, Mm-mm. especially when those names are butting heads with each other in the school board trying, yeah. you know, and I, I just think a lot of times it, it's not about the kids anymore. It's about ego and stuff like that. I think that comes out into a play a lot, which I know that's anything, mm-hmm. you know, in life. But when it's a situation like that, when it should be about the kids and, you know, progress for the kids mm-hmm. and things like that. The education. Yeah. You know, all the other stuff should be out the window. It should just be find a common ground on what's best for the kids. Yeah. I, don't, I think a lot of times it doesn't end up that way. I'm sure it doesn't. But in most things in life, I am the mediator of things. Mm-hmm. And so I would assume that I would also try and take that role as well in a position like that Mm -hmm. because to be honest with you i don't know how much my ego would depend on the education system Mm -hmm. it's just not where my you know my uh priorities not my priorities but it's not where my ambitions lie Mm -hmm. it's to make make a name in the school system the only reason i would do it and i'm sure i would jump out unless it's something really you know happened where I really gravitated to the process. Um, but I'm sure I would bounce as soon as my kids were out of school. You yeah. Know, the, the main reason I'm doing it is just, just once again to, to make sure that I'm involved intimately in the process of the education system where they are getting their education from. Cause it's, it's very important. Yeah. Especially, you know, my son's in special education and, um, I just want to make sure they have every benefit no, I'm not even sure I'd have the vantage point as being a school board member, but I, I think that's probably the only, really the only avenue I could take. What else do you have? I'm, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a principal or I'm right. not a school counselor. So really, I'm uh, just trying to get into the politics of it may be the only, only avenue I might have. Yeah, but if you were going to do that with that school, you have a big sea of people to go through oh, to, to do that. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, wouldn't be that big. Like my, my school was decent sized i guess but not big enough to where like all the seniors didn't know all the freshmen and vice versa yeah you know the school you're talking about was like if you you know 
how how many think there's a graduating class at that school? I have no idea. Hundreds. Yeah, definitely hundreds. Hundreds, mm-hmm. not more. I think I had seventy six in my class. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I I, li- I like the small. Not it's not like the smallest school around here by any means, but I like the the aspect mm-hmm. of it being a close tight knit. Definitely a smaller environment mm-hmm. to work with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simplifies things, but you know. Some of the things you do for your family, right? You make those considerations. Your Mm -hmm. consideration was keeping a little man in a smaller school system, a little more Mm -hmm. tight-knit. And uh, our consideration on my end was to put the the kids in a school system that was familiar as well Mm -hmm. um, to to their mother, mostly. And, um, And then my consideration of maybe involving myself in school politics just just to make sure that I'm somehow intimately involved in the educational process for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the type of considerations that, that we just make, you know, to, because family is so important. Mm-hmm. We are raising little human beings that are one day going to grow up to be big human beings. They're mm-hmm. going to be like grown-ups. And we have, like we talked about just here recently, we have, we're, we're like the major influence on them. Mm-hmm. We are not the only influence on them, but we are, I think, the primary influence on them. And I don't want to look back and think, man, I really screwed, screwed that one up. <laughs> it's like, wow, <laughs> that, ooh, that, that was a mistake on my part. Like, I really, I really blew that one. This child grew up to be a terrible adult. Yeah. Well, they, you know, they say that. Like if you, anybody who has more than one kid, they're like, you know, the first one's always like a, a test run. You know, you make mistakes with the first one and yeah. stuff like that. It's just, and then, you know, you learn from experience when it comes to that. So maybe I do have to have two just in case the first one's a major yeah, mess up. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I should just stick with the one and just make sure that I make as good a choice as I can possibly make with him. Yeah. And, and you've got a village here too, to help you take care of your kid. True. You've got your parents and whatnot. That's, that's going to come in very handy. Mm-hmm. Their insight and experience is going to come in handy as well. But I'd say the, the two major components that I would think of as far as having um, one or more kids is it's, it would be nice to have one that you could just focus on, mm-hmm. you know, you give all your attention to that kid that would be nice. But having two or more kids, they grow up together. And there's something that's really cool about that, too, having, mm-hmm. having siblings. Um, they learn from each other. They, they, they watch out for each other. You know, So it, it's a pretty cool experience, too. Mm-hmm. I think either way, there is no wrong answer. You know? Right. But uh, both ways, I mean, the kid's going to get more attention, more, more stuff, too. <laughs> Doesn't have to share Christmas presents with the, with the sibling. But at, I don't think that, for at least for the most part, when you have a sibling, you don't regret it. I know I didn't. I, I never did. I right. grew up with you know pretty tightly with my sisters, and so, um, yeah, be interested to see what final decision is. Yeah, so we'll find out soon. Huh? Clock's ticking. I guess I, yeah. I have a feeling fate's going to take over at some point. Yeah, it's probably true. Uh huh. Probably true. And life's just going to happen one way or the other. Yep. So we'll see. All right, man. All right. Families, family's what's up. Family's important. Family is what's up. That's right. So. Yeah. Thanks again to you, the CEP listener. Remember that word of mouth feels like family has our back for us. So don't forget to tell your friends and fam about the great variety that you hear right here on the CEP. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you consume the podcast that you hold near and dear to your heart. 
And be sure to visit the new and improved launching pad for all things Cerebral at thecepodcast.com. And of course, if you need to contact us, you can do that at Cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Pick up all of your official CEP Network merch at buyjack.com slash CEP. And that's all I've got, folks. So until next time, be sure to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours nice and warm out there. See ya.